was getting started without it. All right, so this evening we're going to be continuing in our uh, study about just basic things. So if you got your copy of God's Word, and I know you do, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we've covered a few different subjects in this just basic things category. Tonight we're going to be talking about temptation. Temptation. All right. So everybody says, yay, right? Because, I mean, everybody likes to hear, you know, a, a preaching on temptation. No, not really. Uh, it's, it's almost as bad as preaching on sin, right? Uh, it happens, but nobody wants to, to acknowledge it most of the time or be confronted with it. But these are things that we need to know as Christians. It's, we need to have our um, toolbox ready to fix whatever problem arises, or we need to make sure that we're ready for whatever attack that Satan may send our way so that we can uh, decide ahead of time what we're going to be doing, and uh, what we're going to be doing is repelling that attack, all right? So uh, how to handle temptation, part one, we're going to be identifying temptation, where it comes from, and, and that sort of thing. All right, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to be looking at verses 12 and 13, so let's read those verses together. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, again, we bow before you and thanking you for all the things that are happening in the church. We thank you for all the kids in the Awana program and how amazing that is and teaching them and bringing them along in their faith. And Father, as we stop for a little bit and just consume your word now, having, letting it have its way with us, Father, teach us and prepare us for the attacks of Satan. Father, we know that he desires to tear down anything godly, so, Lord, he is attacking Christians in the church today as every day. So, Lord, help us to, to be ready for those attacks so that they will not catch us off guard, but that we will be able to combat them uh, in the days to come and even now. We love you, Lord, and we ask for your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. <coughs> Temptation is everywhere. You don't have to look for temptation. It will find you, I promise. Uh, and anybody that, that says that it doesn't tempt them or that temptation is not a problem for them, they are not telling you the truth. They're trying to skirt the fact. They're trying to hide something, most likely. There are three ways to handle temptation. For the first way, and the one probably most often used, is just to give in to it. I know our world is just that way. Just whatever feels good, do it. That's, you hear that a lot. Uh, and then... You either give in to it or you fight it. And fighting is the opposite of giving in, but it still, uh, it still is no good. You can fight temptation, but more times than not, you're going to fail in your attempt to combat temptation on your own. The only way to overcome temptation is through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We have to take that temptation to Him. He is our way of escape. He is the one who helps us to bear it. So when temptation is everywhere, and it is, we have to make sure that we run to Jesus for the help that we need. 
All right, so as we get started this evening, we're going to ask a couple questions. First of all, who may be tempted? Who's going to be tempted? If you're breathing, if your heart's pumping, you're going to be tempted. Everybody is tempted with sin. Uh, and the scripture there tells us, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. <coughs> Pardon me. Everybody's going to be tempted with something. My temptation might, may not be the same as your temptation. It may be different for everybody along the, the way. Uh, it may be the one thing today, something different tomorrow, but everybody's going to face that temptation. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 10, uh, 15, it says that Christ was tempted in all points as we are. Now, he was tempted just like we are, so he was no exception. He was tempted also with sin, but he did not sin. We, on the other hand, have. So we've got to make sure that we are prepared for that attack. So who's going to be tempted? You are. Uh, no matter who you are, you will be tempted. Now, where does temptation come from? All right, there's going to be three sources of temptation. And if we're going to look at these in Scripture. The temptations come from, first of all, the flesh. The flesh. And when I say the flesh, I'm not talking about your body, all right? It's your sinful nature, all right? Because we're all born with that. We're all born with that, uh, that leaning toward sin, uh, sinful in birth and throughout our lives. We're uh, in Galatians chapter 5. Turn with me, if you will, to Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. When we're talking about our sinful nature, here's some things that are identified uh, in that. Well, let me back up to uh, verse 17 and, and go from there. Or 16, let me back up that far. It, it says, uh, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I told you beforehand, just as I also, tell, I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So here it is, the flesh, your sinful nature leans toward these things. Now it starts with the big, the big guys, right? What we consider the, the no-nos, and, and it kind of works backwards until you get to some things that everybody says, well, that's kind of on the fence. No, they're not. It's black or white. Either it is a sin or it's not a sin. So it starts with adultery, and it, all, it comes all the way down to where it says drunkenness and, the, and revelries and the like. All of those in between are sins. But think about these things. Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, mean the, the dividing of, of the body, heresies, envy, all those things. These are uh, part of our sinful nature. So our sinful nature seeks these things out. So we call this the flesh, the temptation that comes from our sinful nature. 
The second um, thing that the second place that temptation comes from is the world. In John, First uh, John, chapter two, it says this about the world. Verse fifteen and sixteen. Uh, he warns us there, do not love the world or the things in the world. For anyone, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. You see here those things, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all these things. It's a worldly way of thinking, Okay. So see if this uh, strikes a chord with you. You're watching television, and I was, I was watching TV the other night, and, and on the screen, this sneaker came up, the shoe came up. And it says, it, the description of it was something like this. You're basically not a man if you don't have this shoe. You know, every man, I can't remember exactly what it said, but that's what, that's what I felt. I was like, really? You know, you're going to say I'm not a man if I don't buy that shoe? And it was an ugly shoe. I mean, I, people get, you know, laugh at me because I wear funny colored socks and stuff like that. But, you know, this was an ugly shoe. I wouldn't want it. But how does the world think? It thinks like this. You've got to have the right kind of car, the right kind of house, the right kind of clothes, the right kind of wife or husband, all these things. And if you do have all of those things, then you're going to be happy. You're going to be successful as far as the world goes. Uh, is considered, but not so, not true. Those are false ideas, false idols, actually, because what you end up doing is worshiping those things, and what people end up doing is trading in some of the old things that they have for something newer and better, which they think is newer and better, but that really is not. And so you see, that's how the world drags you in, the, the system of thinking. Hey, I've got to achieve, I've got to have more, I've got to do this, I've got to be this in order to be accepted by the world. But Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world. You know, because we're not of this world. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, adulterer and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? What we've got to understand is we can't get caught up in the things that take your time away from God. Now, what, what are those things? It's different for everybody. But here's the thing. If I, if I think I've got to have a certain type of pickup truck that costs more than I can really afford, I'm going to have to spend more time working in order to afford that pickup truck. Or if I, you know, run up bills and that sort of thing, I'm going to have to work harder and longer. And, all, you know, it, it just... It takes a toll on your whole being. Don't get caught up in the ways of the world. The flesh tempts us. The world tempts us. And the devil tempts us. Think about this. There was a little boy who spit on his sister, hit her with a broom, and he called her a bad name. And his mama called him and said, why did you do that? Did the devil make you do that? He thought for a minute and he said, yeah, all of it except the spitting part. That was my idea. He, he was saying, yeah, you know, he was considering, all right, the devil made me do it, but no, I want to take some credit too because that was a good one. 
You see, that's the way we think. Sometimes our sinful nature breaks in. The devil does. Y'all remember Flip Wilson from way back in the 70s? He, he got famous with that particular saying, the devil made me do it. Well, Geraldine, one of his characters that he, that he played, that's what she would, she would get into some kind of trouble, and then she would say, well, the devil made me do it, and it's his fault. No, it's not. It's your fault for falling for his trick. You see, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our foe, the one we have to fight against, is Lucifer, Satan, the devil. He has a plan to sabotage your life. These three places are where the temptations come from, the flesh, the world, and the devil. So when the temptation, uh, whatever the temptation, it comes from one of these three sources. So now I want to look at where we're tempted. First, where did temptation come from? Where are you tempted? There's three areas of temptation. Did you know that we are a triune being just like God? God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are body, soul, and spirit. Now, he created us in his image, and we are tempted in all three of those places. First of all, the body. We are tempted in our body. Your bodily appetites can be an area of temptation. Well, you might say, well, how can I be tempted? Bodily. Well, let me ask you. Um, have you ever been just gotten through eating a, a good meal and you're satisfied and everything's good and then all of a sudden a commercial comes up on TV for some ice cream and you say, hmm, okay, I've got some ice cream in the freezer and you go get some ice cream. You know, that's, that was a temptation for you to uh, eat more than maybe you should have. All right, so we are tempted in our body and you know there's a ton more. There's whole lots more ways that you're tempted with your body. Now, there's some people out there who lift weights and that sort of thing, and they worship their body because they have a certain idea of how their body's supposed to be or a certain goal of what their body's supposed to look like, and they worship that way. They, they worship their body. That's a, one of the areas of temptation is, is uh, worshiping your, um, I guess, your, your figure or your body style. The next place that we are tempted, the body first, and next is in our soul. The psychological part of you, the mind, the emotion, the will, the sense of humor, the intellect, the taste. Another word for soul is ego or self. We're, we're tempted to want to be somebody. We're tempted to want to be maybe superior or behave superior or Think that we are better than somebody else. Your mind, your emotions, all of those places are an area for you to be tempted. Also, you are tempted in the area of your spirit, the part of you that can know God. And here's the hurtful part. You see, that part of us is the part that worships God, and so many times we don't worship God and we are worshiping something else. So many times that, you know, we, we want to say, yes, I'm worshiping God, but then you look around and, and what are you spending your time on? What are you uh, focusing on the most? Is it your relationship with God or is it something else? These three areas of temptation are the physical, the psychological, and the spiritual parts of you. 
So now, what areas will each temptation target? You've got three um, places that temptation come from, and you've got three places where you're tempted, so let's match those up. First of all, the flesh targets the body. The flesh targets your body. The, the body is not evil in and of itself. It's just matter. It's just here. It's, just, it's not evil in and of itself. But the old fleshly nature tempts us with sins such as gluttony, such as violence, laziness, impurity, perversions, all of those things. See, we're tempted in the body. The flesh takes our physical body and makes it a vehicle for the expression of sensual sin. Sensual sin, such as, you know, some people love food, and they will overeat. There are some who love other things that the body provides and, and are inordinately focused on those things, getting them out of order. And whenever you get them out of order, you, it's perverted. So, uh, just like David and Bathsheba, David had many wives already. He was the king of the land and could do whatever he wanted to do, basically. And he ended up looking at a young woman and then calling for her. And then afterwards, after having uh, committed adultery with her, he had her husband killed, and then he took her as a wife. You see, that was all fleshly. That was all bodily urges, bodily uh, temptations. And he, he fulfilled those. He, he uh, gave in to them not fulfilled, he gave in to them. And uh, you think about the aftermath of all those things. David, for the rest of his life, uh, he was suffering from that temptation, from that giving in to temptation. So the first area, the, the flesh, targets the body. The world targets your soul. The soul is the mind, the emotion, and the will. And the world tempts us toward fame and fortune or what some people would say, worldly success. You know, the bigger your bank account, the better car you drive, the better house you own, all these kinds of things. But again, our life is not about that. We may have those things, and that's wonderful, that's okay. But if we are spending too much time on them or we are getting our life out of focus as far as worshiping God and putting God first, then all these things are taking the place of God and we're worshiping them instead of God. The world targets your soul. And I'm thinking about um, uh, Lot, and as he separated from Abraham, he went into the city of Sodom. Uh, he, Lot told, I mean, Abraham told him, he says, look, he said, you go wherever you want to go and I'll go in the opposite direction. Well, Lot says, well, I think it'd be better for me to go towards Sodom because there's a lot of grazing land there. But also there was a whole lot more temptation in that area because of the city of Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. So when he, when he went down there, he ended up apparently losing everything that he had, living in the city that was desperately wicked and was punished by God. You see, the, the world's idea of success is not the same as God's idea of success. God's idea of success is making sure that we are whole and not that we have everything that we think we want. See, God's purpose for us is to know him, to love him, to worship him. 
and making sure that our life is in balance that way. But the world wants us to be focused on other things. So the flesh targets the body. The world targets the soul. And the devil targets the spirit. That's what the devil wants more than anything. He wants your worship. He wants your spirit to worship him. As a matter of fact, he can't stand the idea of you worshiping God. And that's why he's opposed to God. That's why he attacks you so hard. That's why it's so hard to get up on Sunday morning and come to church. That's why it's so hard to, to stay up and read your Bible or, or have a daily Bible program. You see, Satan fights against those things. He don't want you to do the things that, that worship God, that strengthen your spirit. The devil wants to drive a wedge between you and God. And so he targets your spirit. He wants you to be prayerless and faithless. He'll say to you, you're an okay person. You can make it on your own without God. And he'll try to make you believe that God won't come through for you, that he can't be trusted. But guess what? He can, and he always does. See, G, uh, Peter told Jesus on the night that Jesus was arrested, he says, I will follow you even to death. And then Jesus was arrested and, and beaten, and, and Peter was standing outside by the fire, and, and he denied Jesus three times because he was afraid he'd get arrested and beaten also. You see, Peter didn't trust Jesus to keep him. And what happens with us is sometimes we don't trust God to protect us from the evil one. You see, we've got we've to know that he's going to attack us because he hates God and anything of God. But you've got to be ready for the temptation. Now you know that we can be tempted. Now you know that temptation comes from these place, three places, the flesh, the world, and the devil, and that we're tempted in the body, soul, and spirit. You know where it comes from, and you know where it's, it's going to. Flesh targets the body, the world targets the soul, the devil targets the spirit. Now these things will help you to withstand the evil in the evil day, um, having done all and to stand. Tonight, we're, we're talking about that temptation, and it's everywhere. In church, be ready. Know that the devil's going to tempt you. The world's going to tempt you. Your flesh is going to urge you to give in. But the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, no temptation has overtaken you except as such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. doesn't say that God's not going to allow you to be tempted. He's going to say that he will help you in that temptation, and if it's too much for you to stand, he will offer you a way out. He will make a way for you to escape. And you remember Joseph in the house of Potiphar. As Potiphar's wife reached out for him, grabbed a hold of his coat, uh, he had resisted her up until this point, and then when she grabbed him, he ran out of his coat to get away. That was his only way of escape at that point. 
Let me ask you a question here. Do you run from sin? Would you run out of your coat to get away from it? You know, so many times, if you're like me, you know, I find myself trying to get away, but then wanting to stay also, torn between the two. You see, we've got to strengthen our, our faith, strengthen our resolve to turn away from that and run to God. Leave your coat if you have to. Tonight, um, I hope that this is going to help us. Understanding temptation will help us to um, be ready for it when it comes. The next time we meet together on Sunday night when I'm here, we'll, we'll have part two of how to, how to handle temptation. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you are so God, uh, so good to us. Oh, Father, we thank you so much for all that you have done and are going to do in our midst. You are amazing in all your ways. So, Lord, as we come before you tonight, we thank you for helping us in our times of temptation. We thank you for being uh, our strength and our shield so that we can ward off the fiery darts of Satan, that you guard us and guide us, that you help us in every step of the way. So, Lord, tonight we ask for your forgiveness. We pray, Father, that you will give us the wherewithal to know where these temptations are coming from and to be ready for them, and so that we can honor and glorify you through the temptations. Lord, during our invitation time this evening, I ask for your, your help. I pray for your strength. Father, I pray for your will to be done. In Jesus' name, amen.